Welcome to the Arena Decklist Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by notable TFT streamer Brian Gottlieb. And this week, we're going to talk about modern decklists, which is generally what we do when we don't have anything else to talk about. It is the default, nothing is happening show. But it's good because we don't, we don't do it all the time. We get to check in on these lists. I, I enjoy doing these shows. I like covering the wide range of decks that the magic online deck dump presents to us and it's still big like there's still a lot of people playing modern on magic online and it's good to see that's where the format basically lives at this point where all the innovation is coming from so i think this is an extremely useful way to spend otherwise uh, a down week in magic news certainly more useful than us just coming on and talking about nonsense again which is what we tried last week uh, and nobody yelled at me. Nobody seemed outraged by the fact that we didn't really talk about a lot of magic. How about you? you any any angry people yelling at you? No, I mean maybe I have a lot of people muted, so yeah, true. <laughs> it's entirely possible. But uh, it generally seems like people go to you with those things instead of me for some reason. I, is that because I'm more of a pushover? Am I more welcoming? Why do you think I I feel all of this feedback? I I would say maybe more approachable. Uh, okay. and try and spin it in a positive aspect but i don't know mysteries okay i'll also note uh person asked to remain anonymous there was a an extremely extremely generous uh response to our plea at the end of the show last week where we mentioned you could help out your local pet shelters someone really went above and beyond and uh like i said request to remain anonymous i just want to say i really appreciate it that's yeah all. same uh Interesting about the uh, anonymous aspect, but either way, much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, I get it. Sometimes you just want to do things, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we are talking about modern. I would be fine, actually, in a future episode at some point talking about Pioneer. But I didn't know. Our, our least listened to episode ever. That was what I expected. So. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to just jump in and be like, surprise, y'all, we're doing Pioneer, and then just have people immediately hit that back button. Uh, yeah, but, you know, let's wait for a reason. There there will be a reason at some point. Like something uh, will happen to pull focus onto Pioneer. It's I, I probably hope so. like Pioneer Masters or something like that designed to make a bunch of money. So Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, if it ever comes to Arena, then obviously that gives us a reason to do it. But like, I, I keep checking in on the format every once in a while. It, it continues to look very good, and yep. it, it doesn't have like the same numbers as modern does but they're there's still like pretty reasonable support for it on magic online and all of this is pretty good to me like it looks pretty good it bodes well because when organized play got kneecapped i was originally very worried about like that sort of ecosystem where it's like if there's not an end game are people still going to continue to play these formats and it looks like the answer is just a resounding yes. Yeah, it helps that, like you said, Pioneer is a good format. It's it's interesting. There's both good deck building, good gameplay, honestly. I, yeah. I haven't played a ton of Pioneer recently, but I have watched more of it than you would expect. I My brother plays a lot, and I've just found my position myself in a position to watch his matches of Pioneer. It's the best magic being played right now, I think. Modern's probably second after that. But uh, Pioneer is really good, really fun format to both watch, think about, commentate on. So thumbs up to Pioneer. I hope we get to the point where we can do that show. 
Yeah. Otherwise, modern. Uh, uh, one last thing, actually. I have I have an article coming out Friday on Star City Games that people should check out. I'm not going to say anything else about it. Uh, the uh, title will, will speak for itself, I think. But uh, I, I want people to click on it if they have premium. Uh, read it. Let me know what you think. I enjoyed it. There's, there's my feedback. Tight. On to the deck list. Uh, modern deck dump. Dated December 28th. A lot of decks. I don't know how many. We'll we'll try and get through as many as we can, as fast as we can, but no promises. First one is from JS2. This is Esper Control. Basically, blue-white control, just with Fatal Push, some Kaya's Guiles, Esper Charms, one Drown in the Lock, five Teferis, four Spreading Seas, uh, a couple Prismatic Innings, a couple of Supreme Verdicts, four Counterspell, four Archmage's Charm, and four Snapcaster Mage. Love to see Snappy making a little bit of a comeback here. I Can I go on a rant about Snapcaster Mage? Of course, that's that's why you have a podcast, is you have unlimited access to rants. When did people start thinking this card was bad? I can't answer that. I, I just know... I, I, I don't have an answer for you. It just started fading out, and it seemed like when you saw Snapcaster Mage Index, that became the anomaly somewhere along the line. Yeah, and also at some point, people started like making fun of the card. Whenever I see someone post a deck list and they're just like, why are you playing Snapcaster Mage or whatever? It's like, what the hell happened? Uh, it's not like things dramatically changed. Like, there's so many, uh, you know, blue mid-range decks, like, Dragon's Rage, Chandler, Ragavan type of things. That was how you used to beat the mirror. And yep. that that was like basically the basis for me building the Grixis deck that I did was that like you would have Snapcaster on top of Expressive Iteration and Luris and you got Kolagon's Man to loop those things. You had Spot Removal to kill Murktide Region. It's like you, you just absolutely dominate those mirror matches because of the Snapcaster Mage engine. And just at some point, people decided that it was unplayable and... It's it's completely wrong. Like the, the card is still excellent. Agree entirely. And, you know, you don't even have those type of synergies you're talking about here in these Esper setups. And it's fine. You just don't have to. And beyond that, I think like the flexibility of your cards is so, so big right now. Like that is that is one of the key tenets of modern coming back to a format, which is more interactive less two ships passing in the night is that cards are very very flexible so you already have this suite of effects that can do so many things prismatic ending archmage's charm drown in the lock kaya's guile these are just very versatile cards and then you mix in snapcaster mage which is all those cards it just sounds beautiful it sounds like you have answers to whatever is going to be presented to you and that's what every control mage really wants and i just think those setups are there right now in the modern format yeah, I do too. Uh, four spreading seas is uh, it's basically like where you start now when, mm -hmm. if you're playing a blue mid range or control deck, and there's still a reasonable amount of Urza sagas out there. There's fear of like the occasional Tron land or whatever, but also people's mana bases just in in general are fairly greedy. Uh, not not that there's anything they can necessarily do about that. It's just like the the nature of the, the most powerful cards having colored mana symbols in their casting cost, you know? Yes. So I like spreading seas a lot. Playing Snapcaster alongside cheap interaction instead of solitude kind of makes a lot of sense to me. I think that you do get additional points 
once you're in black for things like Kaya's Guile and you have all that utility in your spells, like you mentioned, but like the, the blue eye control decks trying to jam four solitudes when they didn't really have a lot of ways to abuse it or mm-hmm. card advantage to make up for the loss of it. It didn't make a, a ton of sense to me. Like it, it usually played out fine because you use it to protect a planeswalker. But when you have to just like solitude a, a Ragavan on turn one, I mean, that's the, the first step to you losing the match pretty much. Yeah. There's certainly formats where I could see the context would push you towards the solitude setup i agree that this just seems more well-rounded and less less all in i would say one of the things i I wrote an article this week about uh just like wrapping up 2021 in magic and i mentioned the elemental incarnations as my favorite cards of the year just because of the effect they had on modern how they did so with like on their face, making us be like, oh shit, free cards, and then just being completely fine and actually beneficial to the format. I think they're the most exciting, well-designed cards. And one of the really key things about it is that they do two things really well. The first is that they present these answers, but they do it at a high cost of cards. And like that recognizes the fact that Magic is a really, really good game when played resource light. And if you're going to give this type of flexibility, you certainly can't do it with unlimited resources. But on the backside, in order to preserve their validity as a creature, they do have this kind of two for one-ish nature that we've come to expect out of any creature that costs more than one, maybe just one mana at this point, honestly, especially when you talk about the modern format. And even in that case, it fails when you're looking at like Ragavan, when you're just getting so much out of your one mana play. So right. Uh, I, I think there's just such smartly designed cards and I appreciate them for what they are, but they're, they're not always going to be the right fit. And here I like this more well-rounded sweep a little bit more. On to the next one, Lawrence or 12 with old school Jund, no Luris here, no Urza Saga is playing uh Ragavan, Dothy Voidwalker, but is scaling all the way up to Bloodbraid Elf has three copies of Grist, the hunger tide, and then basically just the usual suspects. Yeah, what do you think about Grist as just a fair magic card? I've really liked it in the uh, Yagmoth deck. I think it was a big get for that deck. Here, though, I, I'm not as sure about it. I think trying an experimental like copy or two is probably fine, but it, it's weird when you play the Grist and basically the only option you have is just making the token because you don't have something to sacrifice immediately. And mm-hmm. Jun is not well known for it having like sacrificial bodies around so it, it seems like a little bit too slow and i don't know it's it's a three mana thread it's hard to deal with it's another way to kill murktide regent and whatnot so i i get its inclusion i think three is a little heavy though okay i was checking out this sideboard two copies of blightning love to see blightning making the rounds again one of my favorite magic cards of all time I don't know what that what that is there for. But well, see, Jerry, it does three damage to I, a target player, and then they discard two cards. I know the text of the card, Brian. That is what it's there for. It's very simple. It's it's just blightning. I don't I don't know what more you want from it. Okay, next deck, Volkswagen, Blue, Living End. Uh, I guess this one is Teamer. Uh, has some griefs. No, oh, one sunken ruins. Okay, to cast the griefs and suspend the Living Ends. This this deck is fine. This version is not. Anything spectacular or spicy. I, I do think that this deck is pretty underrated generally. Agreed. But at this point, nothing, nothing super wild. No, nothing new. It, it's certainly established itself. I, I think this is a deck that 
as the card pool gets larger and larger, this deck just gets better and better. And there's going to be a lot of times where this is the correct choice now. Uh, I could see that argument going either way, because as the card pool gets larger, there are more pieces of incidental hate and there are decks that are faster, possibly more disruptive. And then this deck is still stuck at like, I have to do this three mana thing that puts two spells on the stack. Here's, here's the argument against the incidental hate is that there's so much of it at this point, you have access to that. It's not like there's going to be, oh, now a deck has graveyard hate. Every deck has graveyard hate, should it want it. But does this get new tools? Does this find new ways to interact while still preserving mana counts sufficient to enable the cascading into living end all the time i think the answer is always going to be yes i mean look how many of these cards are new between waker of the waves even things like striped river winder which isn't you know it's pretty replaceable but fresh card grief of course all of these things very recent prints and it seems like just set up to continue to find new threats different ways to interact with opponents yeah, grief is obviously a huge pickup, but that's the type of thing that I wouldn't expect to come along very often. And there are a lot of sideboard cards, Foundation Breaker, Endurance, Subtlety, uh, Force of Vigor is kind of new yeah. that, that do that. But like so much of the deck is already locked in that you don't really have a whole lot of versatility. Uh, fair to enough. Improve, fair you enough. Know? You, ha- you have to hit your cycling thresholds for sure. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Waker of the Waves. Wow. And it's like, well, that just means that your living end is almost certainly going to win the game, which it usually did before anyway. Maybe now it's a, a little bit more of a lock, but still. Yeah. Yeah, the interaction is way more interesting to me. Like, can you find ways to deal with things early in the game without having to uh, get below three mana is, is always going to be the question, and it continues to find new ways to do that. Right. No, that's true, too. Okay. Uh, next up, Dr. Queller, obviously playing Spirits. This is Has just, to. Yeah, Azorius. Aether Vial, A Pile of Spirits. There's like, I don't know, some new one. Shacklegeist is new-ish. But same old, same old. Nothing to add. Spirits are fine. Fine-ish. Fanatic with Merfolk. This is always interesting because some of the Merfolk decks get like really out there. Like if you've ever seen any of M. Hayashi stuff, uh, like the, the Murfolk community just seems to be very willing to experiment with how you should build what is basically a, a, a tribal creature deck, you know, and this one is kind of like back to basics, Aether Vial, Spreading Seas, some Force Negations, one Gutshot, two Vapor Snake. I think Gutshot is awesome. And yeah, 20 lands, a bunch of Murfolk. Longtime lover of Gutshot in the modern format. How about these Thieving Skydivers? Is that something that Merfolk plays pretty stock at this point? This is the first time I've seen it, but I haven't been paying a, a ton of attention to the modern deck list. I'm still like watching people stream modern, but I haven't been diving really deep into the nitty gritty stuff. So I don't know. This is the yep. first time I'm seeing it. I, I actually didn't know that this card was Merfolk because it flies. So yeah, I, I did only because I had played this in standard for a little while. I, don't remember what problem I was trying to solve with it, but it was very good at whatever I was trying to do. Maybe it was just like a witch's oven thing where I take their hammer, man. Card. Yeah, taking hammer seems awesome. There's also uh, you, there, there's a lot of cheap artifacts around presently, and it seems like this card is going to find a lot of targets quite often. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's like a game changer, but it, it does seem like a solid add to me. I wouldn't sleep on flying either. Yeah. Yeah, obviously this deck is all about evasion. Generally, it's like you need all of your things to be evasive. So having one random thing 
with flying isn't that big of a deal, but it's still not bad. Yeah. Uh, next up, STN with Grixis Death Shadow, uh, a couple of copies of Dress Down. Are, have you been watching any of the modern streamers? No, but I know that all of them are very high in this deck right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all, but uh, so like there, there's a trophy race thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like Aspiring Spike, Misplaced Ginger, uh, Demonic Tutors. All of them are like streaming on Twitch. I know that Ginger was playing this deck for a long time and a lot of the other streamers not like you know spike does his own thing right like he's i mean this this is basically like a deck that's spike made like shadow with main deck dress down but once it became popular he kind of just like bounced off it to other stuff yep um so i know that there are a lot of modern players who think that this deck is very good but like i think ginger is the only one that's really playing it a ton Okay, Ginger actually switched to Hammer too, I believe. Yeah, I know, point. I know that too. But yep. I, I think the vast majority of his trophies were with this. That sounds correct to me. So I don't know, Death Shadow, Channeler, Ragavan, couple Crocs, couple Dress Downs, uh, Expressive Iteration, some Disruption, good stuff. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say. I think just extremely powerful, extremely cheap Magic cards. Unsurprised that this deck continues to be good. Not how I would build Grixis. But I'm I'm more on like the controly side of things. Yeah, you still want to play the snap ma- snapcaster mage type stuff that you were working on earlier. Yeah, pretty much. Unsurprised. Uh, next up, tennis star ninety nine. This this is the deck where so I was looking at different deck dumps to try and figure out which one we should talk about. And once I got to this deck, I was like, okay, we're just talking about this one. I didn't look at the rest of the decks. Okay, so you must have something you would like to speak about when it comes to this particular list. Uh, well, this is, this is blue-white Stoneforge Mystic with four Squadron Hawks, three Solitudes, three Jace, three Teferi Time Raveler, Batter Skull, Sword of Feast and Famine, Sword of Fire and Ice, no Cauldra, love it. Uh, Prismatic Ending, Serum Visions, Counterspell, one Dismember, three Spell Pierce, 24 lands, just beautiful deck, man. What is your beef with Cauldra? It's in the sideboard. I don't think it's bad. It's just like, I think at this point, is it's an auto-include. And for someone to not include it in their main deck, it shows that they are at least putting thought into their deck building. Okay. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I, I like the fact that they are doing something different. Fair enough. Uh, this is one of the most old school looking decks I could imagine right now, right down to like the Squadron Hawk engine and Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's certainly a lot of these cards have seemingly been put out to pasture. Even Stoneforge Mystic don't see much of that these days. But yeah, this this looks nice. I would enjoy playing a modern tournament with this deck. I will say that. Two Moreland Haunts, baby. Uh, that's weird. You'd think you'd want to find some room for like uh, a Castle Vantress, maybe? You just no. cut one of those and get a Castle no. Vantress? No, that's not what we're doing here. Zero Castle Vantresses in this deck, which also uh, must be is... a mistake. It's probably budgetary concerns. Yeah, want to spend the money on Castle Vantress. No, nah, it gets a gets a hard thumbs up for me. Sideboard is is interesting. Uh, Force spreading seas, Cauldra's in there. Emrakul the Aeon's torn, which shows up in a reasonable amount of decks as an anti mill card. Although I'm not sure how mil- how much mill there is these days. Uh, I I know their most recent uh, set of challenges mill did okay i remember seeing some floating around still but next up the one the only aspiring spike with his jeskai lotus field blood sun deck that that's it that's all the intro we get i don't know say tell tell me about this deck 
I I love the idea of using Lotus Field to ramp into the late game. I think it's probably underexplored in the modern space, but it's hard for me to want to do this at times that I'm just not over the moon about Blood Sun. I don't know if now is one of those times. Like, obviously, it's, it has targets right now. There are plenty of people who get punished by Blood Sun sort of incidentally, and it's, it's a cantrip, so it can't go that wrong. And I remember being hyped about this card in the past and very quickly losing sight of it. So if you can talk me into this being a moment where you get extra value out of Blood Sun, and so the Lotus Field engine is sort of a bonus that you get to tack onto it, I could listen to that. You could also sell me on Chalice of the Void being very good right now. If that's the case, and we just get to totally give up the one mana slot, okay, that's a good reason for this deck to exist as well. I, I believe in this as a mana engine. There are some questions I have here, but it's it sounds like the deck has been doing fairly well lately. Maybe that's just Spike carrying it to a fine result. Obviously a very talented deck builder. So what's what's your read on this take? Well, okay, so deck is... Teferi Hero, Dominaria, Fury, Solitude, Prismatic Ending, Cryptic Command, Memory, Deluge, Valakid, Awakening, Blood Sun, all is four of. Three Fire Ice, Three Chalice of the Void, 22 land uh, for the Awakenings can be lands also. You have Flagstones to go with the Lotus Fields. I, I think this is fine. I've certainly watched him play uh, a decent amount with this, and when things come together, it looks great. That's not mm. a guarantee, you know? Um, but it, it happens more often than not i i feel like there's just like looking at it and it's like you know four cryptic four memory deluge like that's very clunky obviously you want things to do with your lotus field once it's there but it, it just feels like a little bit clunky only three fire ice it feels to me like you probably want the fourth copy of that i think four valakate awakening is like pretty genius because you just want to you know, filter through excess lands or yeah. filter through I, like the I random nonsense. And, I, and I think it's such an underplayed card. Yeah, it digs you so deep to get to your Lotus Field if that's what you need to find. You know, I, I think that that's just like a really good inclusion. Uh, so I don't know. I think with some fine tuning, this deck could be pretty good. But you're you're right in that for it to be very good, Blood Sun needs to do at least some work. And there was a while where Amulet was picking up steam again, and I think that that's mm -hmm. mostly cooled off. And Tron technically still exists, but there aren't a ton of people playing it. So, yeah, Blood Sun will, you know, snipe the occasional fetch land or whatever. It, it does have, like, some uses, but in order for this deck to go from, like, good to great, I think that you need to be making good use of that. Yeah, there's also, as far as mana engines go, you're competing with a lot of other stuff in the format. That, and I think you can get this kind of output way more efficiently without Blood Sun. So that just doubles down on the fact that you need Blood Sun to be a real card. When that happens, I'm, I'm into this idea. It's a cool idea. MNTG. Oh, God, I have to look at this one. All right, I got it. This is Orzov, Grief, Solitude, Ephemerate. It was weird because there's only 14 lands, but there's a bunch of Agadim's Awakenings and Amiria's Calls to go for the pitch cards. And then you have yep. like some Persists. And a lot of Malakir Rebirths and Undying Evils, so like going really hard on it. And then also has some Charming Princes and a Stoneforge Mystic Package. Yeah, cool combination of packages. I feel like this is this is what Black White's role is in modern at this point, is just like 
splice together a couple packages and tie it all together with Stoneforge Mystic. And maybe it's good enough. And this probably is very similar to all the other incarnations of this type of setup. Feels good when it feels good. And then some games, I, it's, it's still bordering on fair, but doing so with these free cards and having the really busted grief start. Outside of those grief starts, though, I, I doubt this deck does much to impress. Yeah, I mostly agree with you, but obviously there are some matchups where like Solitude is just better than Grief too. So you kind of have that going for you, but yeah, it's it is weird. I do think that this is kind of what Orzov needs to be doing because this is probably the most unfair thing that is available to them and otherwise the Orzov stuff is just way too inherently fair. Yes. Yes, that is true. So push push the envelope a little bit. This deck looks to do that. Looks to have some kind of combo-ish setups and that's that's smart to me. Yeah, it's going harder than anyone else I've seen with, you know, this sort of setup. Mm-hmm. Next deck is from Not Mio. This is Mono Green Tron with a couple Goloses, but otherwise the normal stuff. What are we doing with these Goloses? Why? Just just because we can go get what exactly? Like you can a, get an Urza land. What do you mean? Yeah, but then you have you have five lands already. Like I don't know. I. Maybe I, maybe I'm old school in my Tron approach, but I look to do one thing when I play Tron. I mulligan a bunch, I put together three Tron lands, and I play Karn Liberated. And if that's not good enough, I wasn't going to win anyway, so who cares? Yeah, I, I mostly agree with you. I feel like Golos is just kind of cowardly. You're like admitting defeat. It's just like, well, I don't really want a mulligan, so I'll just like Golos. But obviously that's not going to beat a lot of people. No, you know I mean? it's not. And like I feel the same way about Thrag Tusk, honestly. Like... It's it's a nice idea, but short of very specific matchups, I I just don't want to hedge. I just want to be the Tron deck. If the Tron deck is not good, I will not play the Tron deck. I'll do something else. Yeah, I think Golos is good if there are a bunch of like spreading seas and whatnot. And, you know, maybe this is the only deck that you have access to or you think that barring uh, the spreading seas matchup, you're you're good against everyone else, and mm-hmm. the spreading seas decks allow you to play long enough that that Golos is good enough and it fixes all your problems or whatever. Uh, it, it's fine when you have Tron because you get cataracts and then you can start doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that that's better than just like playing a planeswalker or a big ballista or whatever. Right. Yep. I, I, maybe this is my approach to modern too often, where I'm just like decks have a time. And rather than try and squeeze the deck into a time where it doesn't fit, I'd just move on to a different deck. And that's always been my way of approaching modern. Yeah, and I I think that's the best way to do it, assuming you have access to plenty of things, right? Very true, yep. Next deck is from uh, Pan Saren. Mono white, kind of, well, not kind of taxes-y. I was going to say kind of, but this is very taxes-y. Leon and Arbiter, I've not seen a lot of this. I uh, got some welcoming vampires in there. Love to see it. Only one Esper Sentinel? Question mark. That's kind of strange. But yeah, Stoneforge Mystic. What's up? A little strange. Uh, very short on the one drop side of things. Really not looking to get a lot going until we hit two. We just have the Giver of Runes, Esper Sentinel, and Ether Vial. Vials. Yeah, and other than that, I mean, I guess you're making your Ether Vials a little bit more gaseous when you're loading up with more expensive cards in your deck you get better mana returns on that but this seems fine 
as, as fine as it's ever been. Welcoming Vampire is actually a cool ad. I didn't really think of that in this context when we first talked about that card. So good find there. Yeah, I like it. Feel like the deck could use a little bit of an engine, and this yep. is probably about as good as you're going to get. Plays well with your Ether Vials, right? It triggers on both turns, possibly. So you play a, a two-power creature on your opponent's turn, you get a payoff. Yep. Can't hate on that. Broke it. Next deck is from Chozer. A uh, little affinity deck. Pretty normal stuff. Some Thoughtcast, some Galvanic Blast, some Sojourner's Companions, and Thought Monitors, Master of Ethereum, Cranial Plating, Urza Saga. This deck deserves Mox Opal. Mox Opal should still be part of the modern format, and you can't convince me otherwise. This deck should be able to play it, but no other deck. <laughs> Only this deck? If, yes. you're, if you're willing to play Frogmite, you get a Mox Opal. That's the rule. Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I like that kind of conditional if-then for deck building rules and, and bannings. It's a good way to restore some balance to the force. It's, it's balanced. It's uh, not easy to understand, you know, but... It'd Unlike the rest cool. of the modern card pool legality, which is very clear. And, well, uh, you know, you can play Gond Gandalf, but you can't play Rix. Those are the rules presently. Yeah, you got me format, there. Right? You got me there. I got nothing. Mm. Next deck is from Alakai. Another Lotus Field deck. This one is Underworld Breach combo with some Dreams Grips. And, ooh, dude, only one twiddle. You hate to see that. Mr. Beta Twitter or Beta Beta Twiddle Holder. <laughs> that's that's a tough one to say. It is. I also have I also have Alpha Twiddles as well. Oh. I, I'm loaded up on Twiddles presently. So let's think about this deck. Let's try and figure out a way to get the second, third, and fourth copy of Twiddles all in the mix because us Twiddle holders are are just begging for that deck to come back. So two Wish Claw Talisman, two Wish, one Lotus Field in the sideboard to wish for. Uh, I, I can't, I know that there are a lot of people working on this deck. I can't tell if this is like a very cleanly tuned, busted final form or if it's still a work in progress. It's, it's so strange that Underworld Breach has remained safely in the modern format for as long as it has, right? Like if you were to think a card would be just straight up busted, this has got to be it. And it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it might. I mean... There, there are certainly enough engines. Like, there's this, there's the Emery stuff, there's a bunch of different builds of them. Uh, it's, it's possible it only just takes some time. Maybe. I, I am betting, going to put the over-under. Well, it's so, it's so weird, because how much magic will actually be played where people are paying close enough attention to push the Underworld Breach side of things? I, I'm going to say in the next two and a half years, Underworld Breach gets banned or society crumbles i'm not sure which one is going to happen one of those two things is going to happen though well that's bad news i got some good news for you though there's a twiddle in the sideboard so this deck nice. at least plays two copies of twiddle up to two twiddles everything's coming my way all right hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up has beta twiddle moved at all the so, alpha ones are the ones that were doing really well for a while man beta twiddles only 32 dollars yeah, the alpha ones were cracking 100 for a while. Alpha's 98, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, they, they've just been stable, man. I'm sorry. Well, maybe someday. I, I don't remember what I paid for them. I hope I didn't spend $400 on Twiddles. If I did, I got to reevaluate my life, man, because that's, that's not a good, it's not a good expenditure. I, I feel like 
even you would not have made that purchase. Doesn't seem like it, right? It doesn't seem like it. Like maybe 30 bucks a twiddle. I could see being talked into that, but $100. All right. This this next screen name, what do you think it is? I have, I have and, two. Andres um, Biazzi. Yeah, but it could also be Andre Sam Biazzi. Oh, okay. I read it as Andres Ambiazzi first. I That's think, what we're going with. Then. I think that makes more sense. I dude, I love this deck. Mono red, uh, Obosh, Blood Moon Seal of Fire, Pyrite Spell Bomb, Light Up the Stage, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat. All those are four ofs. Uh, four Ragavan, four Dragons Raid Channeler, two Fury, three Season Pyromancer, three Chandra Dressed to Kill. I've never, 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 never been an Obosh fan in modern. I thought it was like such tryhard nonsense every time I've seen it. But the cards in this deck are so good. Like they're just the red cards that like I want to play anyway. And you're this not deck looks, giving up much. This deck looks extremely solid to me. Chandra Dressed to Kill seems like a really good ad for this setup. Just so much easier to get to your Obosh now and still play these low land counts that you want to play to make the rest of your deck decent. So Man, I don't know that I want to say I'm a fan of this Obosh deck. I don't know if I want to go that far, but there's there's something interesting going on here. And I, I think maybe they've they've turned the corner to actually justify playing these Obosh decks. Brian Gottlieb, big Obosh fan. Maybe, maybe that's just your, where we're headed. Your favorite companion. What is my favorite companion? Probably Lutri. I feel bad for Lutri. Got a got a raw deal. And it's an adorable otter. So Dude, I got to play with Lutri the other day. Can you believe that? In, in what format? <laughs> I was watching. So it's like 2 a.m. And I'm like poking around on Twitch to have something in the background. And Sam Black is playing some random event on Arena that was like everything is legal singleton. That also okay. that also for some reason allowed you to play with the sideboard. So you just got like a free Lutri. And he was playing a uh, Tainted Pact. Thoughts Oracle Golos deck. And then I was like, well, I want to play like Teamer Golos. So I logged on to Arena, built this Teamer Golos deck that got to play Lutri for free. And uh, I played a few matches to get like my two rares and my my random cosmetic. And do you have regrets? Was was it all you hoped it would be? I mean, I got to cross Lutri off the bucket list, which is cool. It's like extenuating yeah. circumstances, of course. There so, was a moment where the Tainted Pack decks did play Lutri, right? Like, I think it was before they figured out the actual optimal way to do it. But I remember it being yeah, part of the deck. Yeah, I saw some. Yeah. So that's that's fine. I, I only played when you played, like, two Tainted Packs. So. Mm-hmm, same. But it was fun. Do you, I like I like the Golos decks. I like the, the feel of them. Uh, plus, they're busted, and I enjoy smurfing. And mm-hmm. you know, you've been smurfing, so I, I know you, you understand. Been. So, I, yeah, it's it's nice to take some of the pressure off, relax and just get some W's. Yeah, it's good times. So uh, regrets. I don't know. I had fun, but obviously the, the things that got added to my arena account are just useless. So whatever. Yes, I understand that. What do you think about the sideboard here? A lot of like weird hammerish cards, I would say, like they, they go pretty hard on in terms of their um, impact on the game. Blossoming Calm. Relic of Progenitus, just ensnaring bridge. Certainly you're limited because of the Oboshes, but these seem like some real hammers out of the sideboard. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Blossoming Calm may be the best card against Burn. Prismatic Ending is a pretty normal splash in decks like this, and they play 
uh, one planes to get around their blood moons. I'm not sure like how good prismatic ending is because you can only do it for two in this deck. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you have Regavans. So I don't know. Maybe you could live the dream, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's this is pretty normal and probably what you would expect. It's like you start with an Obosh, probably the endings. You want some graveyard hate, depending, and then you have the burn card and blossoming calm and ensnaring bridge is like maybe for hammer, even though it's not the perfect answer because they can attack with ornithopter and flash in a thing, but mostly shuts them down. Very cool setup. I I owe this deck a league. I'll say that. It has it has intrigued me. Hell yeah. Dude, Chandra's good. I love Chandra. Where was I playing it recently? Oh, in my my dragons list in uh, right. Alchemy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good card. Dude, better with one drops. Let me tell you. Believe that. Oh wait, hold on a sec. Is this is this interaction busted? Oh god, Chandra, light up the stage is busted. Okay, what what are we doing here? Because you you plus one, you deal yeah. them a damage, and then, uh, then you use the mana to business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not bad. I mean, I was expecting a little bit more when you said busted. I was like, is there a combo I'm missing? But, Not but yes, all these things work together. What do you mean? It's busted. That's clearly right. busted. I guess so. Call Andrew Brown and let him know it's busted. All right. Uh, next up, Purple Gambit, DRC, Ragavan, Dothy Voidwalker, Turok, uh, some other black and red cards, Urza Saga, and a Lurus Companion. I like this deck on paper. I, I cannot comment how good it is, but every time I see it, I'm like, this is the type of thing that I would happily register in a modern tournament. Go like 5-3, yeah. head home at the end of the day, and have a really good time doing so. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would play this instead of Jund. I could see that. Seems a little cleaner. You're not giving up anything? Like, what would what you lose? Yeah, but like... I don't know. I'm I'm a Ren hater. I always have been in the modern context. So. Yeah, Ren is is awkward with Urza Saga. I don't think that like Ren Urza Saga is a combo. It's just like the slowest, most unwieldy thing of all time. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty into this setup. I could happily play this deck. I I think Torash is an awesome card too. I wish I saw more of it. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about that one. It's, it's like so hit or miss. Obviously, uh, it's very good against Azorius control. Yeah, and. I certainly like having access to it f- for there, but it's just like the body by itself is usually not that impressive. If you get to kick it, it's it's pretty awesome. It's just the normal him to Turok problems. If you've ever played like the the Sultai setups in Legacy, where it's sure. like sometimes this card yeah. is busted, sometimes it does nothing. I just think it, it scales so well throughout. Like again, modal play in modern is very big right now and this has the colligan's command right so it's it's very unlikely you need to torch more than once but as games go long and you're like you're obviously trying to play a resource focused game you need some very special tools to do that in the context of modern and it's cool that torch lets you get that without really warping your deck in a very strange way i would say yeah d storm 44 zero lands Four Charbelcher, four Balustrade Spy, four Undercity Informer, a bunch of DFCs. Uh, it is interesting that they took the the like oops all spells thing and then just also played the Charbelchers, but I think that that's reasonable. Makes sense to me. Seems like a very easy ad. I mean, I'm going to ask you two questions about this deck. One, how good do you believe these setups are? Two, do you think they should exist? Like, is this something that should be present? in modern or is it one of those things that regardless of how good this setup is you sort of don't want it to be part of the format 
it's way more reasonable without spirit guide if if spirit guide were still legal i i would not be a fan of this stuff and if this stuff ever does take over then we just see like a huge uptick in cleansing wildfire type of mm-hmm. things so I, yeah. I i think that there are like good enough answers for this sort of thing and it, it seems reasonably fair it's like in line with what the rest of the format is doing i think that there are metagames where this sort of thing can show up and clean up pretty well but there are there are definitely answers and this isn't unreasonably fast like it was before right in retrospect how wild is it how long simian spirit guide lasted in the modern format like how did that out of of all the focus that (laughs) this format got especially in terms of bannings how did Simeon Spirit Guide make it so, so long? Just a clearly broken card on its face that we let hang around for, I would say, it got a decade of play. I don't know if it got quite a decade, but certainly close to it. It's just the greatest thief in the multiverse, man. Can't it catch really him. feels like it, yeah. But he's gone now. It's fine. Until MH3 and Elvish Spirit Guide gets a reprint or whatever. Or we get the new Blue Spirit Guide, which I'm very excited for. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Guile... Jeskai, Flagstones, Cleansing Wildfire, Control. So Counterspell, Lightning Bolts, Cleansing Wildfire, Expressive Iteration, Prismatic Ending, Solitude. Uh, Very Time Raveler, did I say that? Those are all four ofs. Three Supreme Verdict, two Snapcaster, one Teferi Hero of Dominaria, one Jace, 25 land. This is fine. Yeah, it sort of goes back to the Blood Sun principle for me. Like if Cleansing Wildfire is a, a card I really want in my main deck, then this is an exciting version of Control, and you get to play it for free. I think modern players should think more about this when it comes to deck selection. Like, which of these weirdo engines do I just get all the splash value from? And that should dictate a lot of your your deck choice when it comes to, you know, if you're just a Control player, you're saying, which Control list do I play? Figure out where you get that free splash value, and I think that points you in the right direction a lot of the time. Yeah, the thing I would worry about with this is that you don't have a lot of the heavy-hitting Planeswalkers. You don't have Shark Typhoon type of stuff. You don't have Memory Deluge or Archmage's Charm. It looks like this is a control deck that's like very good against mid-range, but mm. very bad against other control decks. I buy that. Not a lot of threats here. Yep. And uh, you know Sphinx of the final word in the sideboard. I mean, that's sort of like a concession to that, right? Like trying to just find the best thing you can do against those type of mirrors. Yeah, it's it's so awkward, though. Very expensive card. And seven mana, sorcery speed. Just like gets eaten by a shark typhoon or or like a supreme verdict or something. Well, maybe there's a better way to answer that question. But still, identified the problem, trying to find a solution to it. So Yep, absolutely. Next deck is a heater, Desolutionist, four seismic salt, four life from the loam, four Ragavan, four Dragon's Ray Channeler, Ren Six, Tarmogoyf, Lightning Bolt, Mishra Bobble, one unholy heat. And 27 land. Love to see it. One of my first magic memes ever was focused around Assault Loam. And I I basically started the narrative that Assault Loam has never lost a tournament in which it's been registered because it's just that good. Like a kind of like a Chuck Norris type setup, if you remember those from back in the day. Um, I, I love Assault Loam. It was the first ever legacy tournament I played. I played with Assault Loam. I 
got smashed by a bunch of decks that didn't care about Assault Loam whatsoever. But just the the whole interaction of I'm going to cycle my stuff and draw a bunch of cards and then I'm going to cast Life from the Loam and bring them all back. And I might to you at some point. It's just uh, it's, it's chef's kiss. Just absolutely beautiful magic. I played Loam Assault in Grand Prix Columbus, which was Legacy, where you could mm-hmm. play Flash Protein Hulk. Ah, good choice. I don't see any problem with this. Well, you see, if you had a seismic assault, they couldn't win. Okay. I I am thinking about Protean Hulk. You just are able to take out the carrion feeder at any point? Is that Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I did that work in practice? No, usually not, because like they, they kill you like a turn and a half. Turn before. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it, it wasn't great. I lost a lost a flash. I lost to uh maybe like a better lands deck or something i don't know i I think i cashed i like split uh in the last round with adam ragsdale i want to say winner is you okay yeah so Uh, i don't know know. good times i also won a ptq with seismic assault life from the loam and extended that was dope nice yeah so you also apparently a huge assault loam fan and did you have like (laughs) was devastating dreams is that the dreams that was in the the deck back in the day Uh, yeah i don't know if i I don't think i cut it entirely but like i think most people like maxed them like they had three main and like one to to wish for or something yeah and i think i might have played like one or two main probably still too many but i appreciate you identified it it was good you need it in some matchups but couldn't you just wish for it if you really needed it yeah, maybe. I mean, those are generally the matchups that don't give you a lot of time to be wishing. Oh, uh, okay. No, that, that's true. What was, Very true. What was the deck called, like the Jun version in Extended? It had some, some silly name. Was it just like... That I don't Loma know. Assault? I don't know. Loma Assault is, is definitely how I've heard the deck referred to before, but I don't know if that's oh, specifically in that context. Agro Loam. There you go. Agrolome. I thought there was like the countryside crusher version though that you called Agrolome. Uh okay. So my deck had four Tarmogoy, three Terravore, three Ravenous Bailoth. That's apparently enough to make it an Agrolome deck. Obviously. Uh four mana four four, just bringing the beats all the time. Uh, I did I did have all the devastating dreams. I had three men. Probably a bad idea. No excuse for that. I thought I thought I you know like remembering this deck list like looking back on it i thought i did a good job and looking at it now i'm like this deck sucks <laughs> not as sure you did a good job i had one chrome box and one wall of roots that's the perfect amount right you just nailed it and uh one too many devastating dreams i had a random mutavault i'm sure there's a reason for that mutavault oh for therapy maybe i don't know oh maybe this this is all trying very hard to find a reason not to play flash hulk basically well, I mean, this was extended, so... Oh, this is the extended version. Yeah, this okay. is the extended one. Uh, my, my legacy deck was a little bit better, but not by much. Yep. Okay. Uh, I remember uh, this PTQ, I think Michael Jacob was staying at our place, and he was playing Counterbalance, which is obviously just a heinous matchup. And I did everything in my power to make sure that I had a good matchup, not because, like, MJ was in the tournament or anything, but just because I knew it was the only bad matchup. Yeah. And I lost MJ in the Swiss, and then we were both in top four in opposite brackets and he lost. So that meant I got to win the tournament. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah. My sideboard has three crossing grips, two Indrix Tom Powers and two boils. Yeah. You, I would say you went hard against countertop. Yeah, dude, I was trying. 
I and I still lost to him. I still just got annihilated. Anyway, uh, is this playable in modern? Probably not. Can you do better things with your Regavans? Probably. Is this deck cool? Yup. Sometimes that's good enough. Flame Tongue Yearling in the sideboard. My word. People really like that card. I have never quite wrapped my head around why. Oh, I thought it was absurd. And uh, not like in constructed necessarily, but like limited. And then it was just like kind of bad and limited sometimes. So weird. Still making the cut in the sideboard, though. Yep. Well, Gruel does not have a lot of options, to be fair. Fair. Next up, uh, Ardos 3, Glimpse of Tomorrow. Uh, some random permanents that give you more permanents. Some lands, some cascade spells. Yep, this is all something you could do. I find it hard to believe that you are like favored against anyone. Like I, I don't really know what you're trying to beat up with this, but you can do it, and it's maybe going to be good enough in some spots. So you're like a slower cascade deck, but you do a lot of powerful things. If your setup has gone okay. Yeah, when when you're going off and doing your thing, you can go over the top of basically anyone. And I, I think that that is an appeal. And in theory, if, you know, there's a Chalice on Zero in play or something, you can still kill people with, like, your Omnath Wave Sifter or whatever yeah. deck. That is, that is very theoretical. And you get to play some Leylines main. So maybe if those are good enough, like this one has Sanctity, but I've seen Leyline in the Void main Okay, deck. sure. If, I mean, if we have a theme running through this episode, it's figure out the free stuff you get to, uh, you know, get equity from playing when it's part of your combo anyway. So if Leyline of Sanctity is a great card in the format, then maybe you could sell me on this being a very, very good choice. Uh, next deck is from Tuganoxos, Mono Red, Urza Saga. Re- four copies of Reckless Impulse, uh, Dragon's Rage Channeler, Regavan, Season Pyromancer, Light Up the Stage, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, Mishra's Bobble, Soul Guide Lantern, Seal of Fire, 11 card sideboard. Sure. Very cool to see Reckless Impulse get some play, but I am a Obosh gamer now, so I, that's all I need for my mono red deck. Yeah, I can't play Mishra's Bobble, sorry. Yeah, so I'm out on this one. <laughs> yeah, and you can't you can't play Reckless Impulse, I guess. Uh, yeah, this deck is wild. It's interesting. It's it's just funny because like you're working so hard to get these pretty limited draw two effects, and you could just like play blue and have most of the same stuff and get it very easily. So I I don't see a lot of appeal in this particular take on mono red. At least Obosh is like a good reason to do that stuff, right? Theoretically, yeah. extra card in hand is worth a lot. Next deck is from Sodek, playing uh, the old faithful standby Dredge, four mana confluence, four city of brass, four gemstone mine. Nice, fair mana base. Perfect mana base. Love it. Because he is working with otherworldly gaze and thrilling discovery. And you got to be able to cast that stuff, you know? And it's tough. It is tough. I think you have to go that far to be able to do this stuff reliably, but you're. I mean, you're not fizzling anymore, right? Your deck just always does its thing. It's just a question of, is the thing good enough? Sometimes it will be. And uh, if anyone can make it good enough, it's Sodek. I, I love this setup. I'm sure it's hyper consistent at doing what it wants to do. You just need that to be good. Yeah, I like that they're finally away from the lone conflagrate stuff. Like this list has one conflagrate as mm-hmm. a finisher, but the lone 
setup stuff always made it seem like the deck was so much slower than it needed to be. And maybe it, it did just need like this, this one drop boost that that gaze gives you in order to make you fast enough to play a deck like this. I can buy that. Absolutely. Next deck is from whoops. Yorian reanimator. Uh, this looks like Esper. What's the red for oh, wandering mind, right? What? I, I see this a lot. Like, this is not the first time I've seen Wandering Mind inserted in this type of deck. Is this actually good? Like, it's got so, so few hits, like so few. And I'm I'm sure it whiffs and I'm sure that's acceptable. Like, you're, you're just writing that off. It's occasionally going to whiff. And that's it's still bad luck, right? Like, you have 22 hits. It looks like 28 hits, 26 hits. 26, yeah. So it... It probably hits the vast majority of the time, occasionally whiffs is my guess. But when it does hit, is it even all that good? Like, have you even advanced your game plan all that much? And is it worth splashing for? Now, granted, there are some wear tears in the sideboard for yeah. additional red cards, but yeah, I don't know. Seems seems sketchy to me. Also find it a little sketchy and a 60 card package where you're trying to do like a very specific thing. Like, or excuse me, an 80 card package. When Urian decks are good, it's because just like all their cards are generically good. You have a game plan where it's like, I'll figure it out as we go on. I'm not trying to just achieve one thing over and over. So often in those scenarios, I am very skeptical of these got to play Urian lists. Next deck, Magic Player and some numbers. Wilderness Reclamation, one Hallbreaker Horror, some Renin Sixes, some Teferi Time Ravelers. So we got a lot of colors. Uh, Lightning Bolt, Dead Gone, Counterspell, Archmage's Charm, Memory Deluge, some Teferis, or some Snapcaster Mages, one Jace, 24 land. I don't know. Memory Deluge is a big pickup for Wilderness Reclamation, I think, but the deck still kind of falls in the same place it always has. And I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to see a Hullbreaker Horror in Modern. There should probably be more than I presently see, I think. But... Nothing really to add about this archetype. Still solidly tier, uh, th tier three point five. We'll say this. This sits in. Hallbreaker Horror seems better than Sphinx of the Final Word for that above deck list. By the way, I would agree with that because at least it can protect itself. You know. Mm -hmm. I like this deck. I think it is. It's cool, but it's just a little bit too slow. Fair. Yeah, your your engine costing four mana hasn't really it, it terrorized standard. It hasn't translated to modern yet. I would say. Kion 1024, uh, Money Pile, as it is affectionately known. Yes, that is what the kids call it. Uh, three Eladomri's Calls and an Emrakul, The Promised End main deck. Other than that, pretty normal business for this archetype. Yeah, mid-range with some of the most powerful stuff you can possibly do. Huge endgames, good answers. I don't know what there is to say, really, about this deck. It's, it's solid. You can you can continue to play it probably pretty happily. This is tier one point five. I will say I, I'm not going to put it in tier one. Some people cut tier the time warp. Don't do that. Play play one time warp because it gives you so many free wins with witness ephemerate. I buy that for sure. Next deck, Shiavetto, Boros Burn is playing Luris. Uh, nothing fancy. Nope. Keep playing Luris though. Smart. 
Sonol 83. Oh, oh my. Hello. Four Ragavan, four Snapcaster, four Expressive Iteration, three Inquisition of Kozilek, two Cling to Dust, three Consider, four Drown in the Lock, three Kolagon's Command, two Lightning Bolt, one Terminate, four and Holy Heat, four Mistress Bobble, one Dress Down, 21 Land. So this is this is one of your Moto accounts? Uh, no. I oh. would not play Consider in this deck, but this this list is very close to what I would play. Okay. Well, I mean, just tell us what you would play. What, what are you looking to replace the Consider with? Uh, I would play two Thoughtseize and another Lightning Bolt. Okay. And so just good, clean, consistent one mana magic cards. Yeah, and the, the mana base is slightly different. I like having a Reflecting Pool and a Sulfur Falls in the mana base. Okay. And you continue to believe in this deck. I mean, you never really got off this archetype. You were confident you were finding ways to beat basically everyone. And you thought that essentially people got their hands on this deck and made it much worse over time. And that kind of contributed to it disappearing from the format. Well, no, because this one is actually good. I think the the one of the changes that Magic Online players made was just cutting Dragon's Rage Channeler, which I think is completely fine. And mm -hmm. definitely makes me more likely to want to play the deck because th like this setup is beautiful. I just didn't think that you could get away with it. And they're like, well, we're going to try it and it ended up working out. So I think that that change was good. But for the most part, they're like, no Snapcaster Mage. We want Death Shadow instead. And I'm just like, why? Or Croxa was the other one that yeah. we saw routinely. Yeah, Croxa. Croxa with some islands in your deck is not great. Or like when you're getting that. spreading seas, also not great. True, true. So I I like Regavan, Snapcaster, and Disruption. I think that that's a good show. This this is just very Jerry Thompson magic. You just grind your opponent into dust slowly over time. Eke out small advantages. I'm so happy you can do something like this in modern again. It was so hard for so long. Yep. Jabu Jabu 88. Azorius Control. With solitudes, pretty normal Wafo Tapa esque type of stuff. No notes. Uh, there's a breeding pool in the mana base. That's just for explosives. What, what's going on here? Kahira cast from a blue land. I mean, it seems kind of silly, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it seems real silly. But you asked, and this is this is what I found. Yeah, there's no explosives, so... I mean, Prismatic Ending is the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Basically an explosives. See, I guess they, they want to go up to four with Prismatic Ending. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's important in some scenarios. I don't know, got to kill Jace, which they have deemed not even worth playing in their deck. Omnath. Omnath, okay. That, that's the biggest one to come to mind. So. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next up, Simon. The old Teferi ran in six indomitable creativity into one Sarah's emissary and one Emrakul the Aeon's Torn. I bought a lot of foil indomitable creativities, so I don't want to say anything bad about this deck. But I, I'm also not going to say anything good about it. And <laughs> we just leave it at that. Creativity is a $6 mythic from a set that I believe was not open a ton. I could be wrong yeah. about that. 
and it's is he's playing every format like yeah. I, I assume i i did a little bit of research on this and i think the conclusion i came to is that people don't like polymorphs as much as i assumed people liked polymorphs okay so if you were to ask me is this a commander card i would say absolutely do you think that's correct that's what i thought and then after doing some research i'm like ah, eh, maybe not but it's also one of those things that is like very powerful, very splashy and could just, you know, it could just take like one person making a YouTube video or something for people to start wanting to do this. Right. Yeah. So. I stocked up quite some time ago on, on this card. I thought it had a lot of potential, but it hasn't quite manifested. I think it is, it's hard to say exactly what's holding it back because I don't think it's like a less efficient version of anything else. And that's often how I knock these combo decks is like, oh, you could just do this. I, I think this does do some unique stuff and you get to play some decent cards that you wouldn't normally get to play. Like something like Hard Evidence has upside in a few spots, especially in a Ragavan format. Yep. Uh, something like Prismari Command can give you a lot of good targets i mean again hammer dominated format i'm happy to have some main deck prismari command so there's a lot of nice cards you get to play i just haven't been impressed with like sarah's emissary and emrakul obviously is emrakul if if that's good enough it'll be good enough but emissary is the one that sort of gives me pause and i haven't fallen in love with next deck is from carson caruso another mono white taxes deck this one looks a little bit cleaner has Leonin Arbiter also has four Esper Sentinels, uh, Aether Vials, Stoneforge Mystic Package, but is playing four Ephemerates and four Solitudes. Yeah, that's a great, great engine as far as winning any type of mid-range mirror. You're going to be able to grind them into dust. Cool angle for the Taxes deck, because that's how Legacy Death and Taxes always played. It was, it was a control deck. Anyone who played it enough knew that. And the modern versions have never quite seized on that kind of setup. This seems like the closest they have gotten to that with the Ephemerate Solitude package. Yep. Then you get to blink some Skyclave Apparitions or Thraben Inspectors or maybe Stoneforge Mystic. You don't have uh, Solitude going on. Yeah, lots of good targets. K-I-W-G-I-L-O-1. Rhinos. I think we've trashed this deck every time we've done one of these deck dumps and I'll, our trashing. I'll, I'll trash it, it again if you want me to. No, no, it seems to be working. Like, I, don't, I don't see as much of this deck anymore. So well, good. Keep keep listening. It's it's not because they listened to us. It's because they eventually figured out what we figured out. Because they ran out of tickets and they weren't yeah. able to enter the queues anymore. They're like, oh, no, I can't. I can't make any more rhinos because I don't have 100 play points. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever gets you there. I'm fine with it. Currivore. Urian Companion, uh, Azorius Colors, a lot of creatures, uh, four Teferi Time Reveler, four Spreading Seas, four Prismatic Ending, two Supreme Verdict, 33 creatures, including four Phantasmal Image, four Ranger Captain of Eos, four Sun Titan. Yeah, big Sun Titan. Wall of Omens, uh, a couple of Cavernous Souls in the Mana Base. Uh, this is the type of thing where I'm like, there's no way that this is good, but I no, love it. No, but I, I love it. Yeah, I, I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get that Sun Titan Phantasmal Image combo working again. One of the, my favorite setups of all time. Uh, I don't know what this would be. Like a theoretical tribal creature beatdown deck would have a nightmare of a time playing against this. And we haven't spoken about any of those thus far in this deck dump. So. No, there's like Merfolk and uh, 
you know, something else right before that, I thought. Yeah, but I, w- I wouldn't even classify, classify Merfolk that way. It's like an evasive yeah, yeah. Uh, tribal disruption deck, but not like a, I don't even know what I'm thinking of, like elves without combo, goblins, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I am curious as to how this stacks up against Money Pile, because obviously this does have a lot of, you know, like late game applications with Sun Titans and Restoration Angels and stuff like that. I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder who like actually wins that fight. Cause if this deck is good against Money Pile, then maybe it is good. Well, I don't want to be the one to do that research because that doesn't sound like the type of magic I enjoy playing. It'll take it'll take years. Yes. To figure out. And I'm I'm cool with a long game of magic. I just don't like to do it with like a billion permanents on the board. I like to do it with I have no way to win, but you're not gonna win either. So Yeah. Uh next up, misplaced ginger with the hammer. One Ginger Brute, two Core Outfitter. Uh, I, I do like that setup. I think that that is very smart. This deck always had some flex slots, and those are uh, pretty good, effective ones to take up that space. Mm-hmm. Deck continues to look great. This is unquestionably Tier 1. So prepare for it, sideboard around it, make deck choices that are good against it. Randerson 1, Gruel, Charbelcher, no lands, obviously, uh, with the weird weird recross the path setups you don't like that one you don't want to just stack your deck i don't think it's bad it's just it it breaks my brain it strikes me as very annoying to actually have to do um and i i don't want to live that life but the one you want the w's well enough this deck continues to really put up solid results and i don't know how big its representation is so i i remember Kind of soon after it started catching on again that I joined a couple leagues and I, I think I played against it like once each league, but from watching streamers, like they have not played against it very much. So. Okay. Feels like it should be out there more. Oh, this should be good. Uh, screen name is I play bad decks, 20 lands, four otherworldly gaze, four creeping chill. Creatures include Grave Crawler, Hedron Crab, Merfolk Secret Keeper, Price Amalgam, Rotting Rat, Citrus Flyer, Four Vengevine, Three Narcomoeba, One Wonder. This deck is awesome. I I think the name says it all, and I don't have anything to add beyond that. It's it's just like Bad Dredge. Like the, again, these decks are outmoded by something that already exists, or maybe it's Good Dredge. I'll, I'll concede that. But what one of these two things already exists? You. Find whichever one fits better. This doesn't seem like it has a different angle. It seems a little bit more fragile to me. Maybe a little bit more explosive, like just otherworldly gaze into Hedron Crab into other one drop, and then you're off to the races is good enough. I'm not sure. But just very, very graveyard-centric at a time when there's plenty of splash hate for graveyards. So that kind of puts me off these all-in type packages. I guess you could just always beat down with Gravecrawlers like we did it when we when we played Hogath and can do that again. These creatures are pretty cheap for the most part and you can hard cast most of them. So sure, why not do that? I played this deck when you could play four once upon a times in a 1K at Mox Boarding House and I had a lot of fun. So I, I like this deck. I've always liked Vengevine and these, these kind of like cheaty setups, even if they're not as unfair as the other options. It's It's pretty fun for me. Okay. I, look, I only want you to have a good time, so that that is completely acceptable. Yeah, that that speaks to nothing as to like you know how good the deck is, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Heathen King Amulet to Karn the Great Creator, 
uh, which is an, uh, I want to say an odd number, but technically it's even number, I guess, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, no cultivator Colossus either. I think the one Colossus is excellent. I would not, Me too. I would not leave home without one Colossus. Me too. And I actually had this discussion on Twitch the other day as I was streaming Teamfight Tactics. I was talking about New Amulet and uh, the addition of Cultivator Colossus. And it seems like a slam dunk to have as a Subner's pack target. But lists that have gone as far as playing two or three, that looks to be pushing it a little bit. Clunky. Very clunky. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised not to see the one here. I am holding off, though, on buying it because I have to buy, obviously, a very shiny version of it, and it's quite expensive. So I just want to be sure it's going to make the cut. And my new policy with Magic Cards is that I'm not buying Magic Cards until I'm headed out the door to a tournament, and that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I I just don't need this card right now. I'll get it in the future at some point. That's fair, but uh, it might go up before it goes down, you know? It, It might, or it might be invalidated. Completely possible. Something even better comes along. So, or... This may cease to be a deck by the time it matters. Who knows? Yeah, that's more likely. Again, collapse of society, or I need to get a cultivator colossus. I'm not sure which is going to come first, but we'll we'll play around. We'll play around both of them, I guess. Play around everything you can. Yeah, the real squire has achieved a five zero with a Mistvale Plains, a bunch of Martyr of Sands, a Urian Companion, and three copies of Abiding Grace, which is a card that if you know what it does, congratulations. If you don't, I'm not going to read it. So too bad. That's that's what we're doing now. We're just taunting people with cards that they can't possibly know. I don't want to encourage people to register Martyr of Sands. So like, I'm not going to read it. This this card is built for Martyr of Sands though. Yes. Yeah. Which is cruel. It, It really is. Like you shouldn't be doing this to humans. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, don't, don't do it. I don't know. No martyrs. Real Squire is just swimming in treasure chests now. So. He's got all the cookies. Shark Caster Mage. Ooh. Eldrazi Tron. Yeah, this is, this is still a deck that exists, and you can register. Enjoy yourself. I enjoy playing Eldrazi Tron, actually. I don't know why. There's some sick part of me that actually likes playing the matches. I think they are often interesting. I cannot point to a single event i've won with eldrazi tron but i've registered it a few times and had a pretty good time doing so yeah i like it i'm not gonna dwell on that too much because you always you know keep telling me it's a bad deck so oh it's bad it's it's bad but i like it love aliens some furies ragavans season pyromancers lightning bolt spike field hazard shatter skull smashing uh a light urza saga package some Tarmogoyf, some Red and Sixes, and some Chandra Torch of Defiances. So, like, all the decks are just merging. Yeah, what, what is the draw to this? It's just, like, I have good cards, and I can play them? And... Yeah. Yeah, this is like just good mid-range if you don't want to, like, Blood Moon people and do that sort of gruel setup. Yeah, I, I think the black side of the Jund peel-offs is, is way better. I would lean towards the Rakdos stuff, but if you really want to dust off those Tarmogoyfs, you could do this. The cards here are all individually good. I, I don't have any huge problem with them, but again, it's hard for me to f- pick out a really favorable matchup with this. Alright, so the deck has four Urza Sagas, right? Yeah. And it sideboards three Blood Moons, but it also sideboards three Blast Zones, so they probably yeah. make that swap when they bring in the Blood Moons. Sure, smart. That's just good deck building right there. It's just like, well, maybe just like don't. No, it's, don't. Okay. it's good deck building. All right. Uh, Quilton. 
Ooh, this is interesting. Oh man. Okay, so Asmo food, right? Yeah. You got your Asmos, your Gilded Geeses, Old Chase Daredevil, Street Wraith. Totally normal. Finale of Devastation, Underworld yep. Cookbook. Uh, two trailer crumbs. Okay. Also has four Oath of Nyssa, three Collective yeah. Brutality, four Gorios Vengeance, one Emrakul, three Obsidot Ghost Council. All right, well, that's, that's where you lost me right there. Uh, things went off the rails very quickly towards the end. Obsidat. Huh. So there's been a few Gorios Vengeance, Obsidat. I mid range, maybe. Yeah, is yeah. To define it. Yeah. Again, I don't know who it's good against. Uh, maybe again the money pile stuff that's trying to play like a very mid range game, and you just get to you slow just, grind them out. You with just Obsidat. solitude that thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, you you gain life against burn, and it's a big body. That's true. I don't know that I would warp my whole deck to do that, though, especially when I'm playing like food where I already have some ways to gain life. Should I need to? Uh, it's a cool idea. I mean, the more the more modern we play, the more it's like, well, let's jam these two decks together and see what happens. And right. I, I appreciate the research being done. Yeah. Oath of Nyssa is interesting. It is. Has a lot of misses. There's only 39 hits. Mm -hmm. So that's scary. Yeah, that's a little awkward, but. I saw some Oath of Nissas in like the, the Solitude Urian list, and it's like, okay, I could see that. I would want to try that. Hmm. Oath of Nissa, very worthwhile card that I think probably sees less play than it should. I'll say that. Yep. Next deck, Sorgath, Mono Red Eldrazi. Okay, th this one is actually better than Eldrazi Tron. I will give you that. Yeah, you add Ragavan to your decks, they tend to get a little bit better. Uh, Fury is a big pickup, too. I, I, I think this deck does cool stuff against opposing creature decks and still has like the nut draws of, oh, I hit my Thought Notch Seer into Matter Reshaper. So, cool. You, you have a target with this deck, and I respect that. Yeah, so you're, you're playing Ragavan, you have Fury for creatures, you have Chalice of the Void, which is nice, you get to sideboard Blood Moon. Overall, like, disruptive, bunch of good creatures, so it seems solid. Yep. Ooh, oldie, but maybe a goodie. F Noop with mutagenic growth, a couple copies of Fatal Frenzy uh, to go with their Death Shadows and their Step Lynxes. Also has some Ragavans and Esper Sentinels, some Ranger Captain of Eoses. Just play all the good cards that they've put out over the last uh, few years, and why not? Mardu, Mardu Death Shadow. Yeah, wild. It is wild. I I don't have anything bad or good to say about it. It's it's interesting. It's very uh, on the battlefield for the most part. Minimal disruption. You know, four thoughtsies, no really tax ish creatures, but a, a pretty good clock. Ooh, Obosh. We do get Obosh. Okay. Yeah, because you play. Oh, you Fate know, you know, I'm a huge Obosh fan. So, <laughs> as established, I was wondering why there are so many one drops like Steplinks and like Fatal Frenzy instead of Battle Rage, but like Obosh, okay, makes sense. I like it. I'm giving this a thumbs up. I'm interested. Uh, I I wish there's a little bit more disruption from the creatures, but maybe those creatures don't exist, and so we're on kind of a weirdish beatdown plan. I'm into it. Cool. Bandy Savage, Yogmoth. any words? No, I've said a lot about Yogmoth. I don't have anything noteworthy with this particular list. I think the deck's very good. I think it's underplayed. Go play it. You'll win. 
Grist is really good in this deck. The underscore Wuffalumpolis. Well pronounced. Uh, Mono Brown, uh, Urza Lands, Urza Saga, Eldrazi Temple, Thought Not Seer Karn, but like disruption stuff. Chalice and Steering Bridge, Mystic Forge, etc. Yeah, like a, a Stax-ish type look. Uh, Mystic Forge got a lot of hype for a little while and sort of fell off the face of the earth in Eternal formats. This is this is cool though. Serum powders, really interesting take. Yeah, this is like Dice Prison without all the fancy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, just playing the the really efficient cards and you know getting some beatdowns in with your Thought Not Seers, eventually locking things up with Karn. Not the hard lock anymore, but you know you get things like Liquid Metal Coating, Elixir of Immortality in the sideboard go really long. So interesting, interesting stuff. Possessed Portal is a lock though. Okay, that is true. Yep. Okay. We've Why do we get it. off possess portal? I thought I thought that was a thing we were doing for a while. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Huh. All right. Next deck, make make. Uh, is it Ragavan Murktide business? This deck still exists. It's still good-ish. What else can you say? It's good. It's it's the baseline, right? Sure. Uh, Mac and some numbers. Uh, Felidar, Guardian, Sahili, Aethervile, Ephemerate, Oriok Champion, Glasspool Mimic, Soul Herder, Wall of Omens. Kind of like what you would expect to be in a deck with these cards. Yeah, lots of blinky stuff. Combos. Combos of plenty. Seems fine-ish. I wonder if there's more space for the uh, Elemental Incarnation package. Like, can you do more with this? Because it feels like you just want to buy time, and then you sort of have inevitability on your side with this combo. You'll just uh, accumulate these pieces at some point and then be able to do your thing. So I like the use of... Obviously, we're maxed on Solitude, but I wonder if there's space for, uh, you know more multicolor cards and being able to fuel a, a different elemental incarnation, be it Fury or what's the blue one again? Uh, Humility? Subtlety. Subtlety, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the setup. I just want it to go a little bit harder on controlling the early game and getting to this point where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't against Sahili Rai. Yeah, Ephemerate without Solitude is, is very like nickel and dimey, which mm -hmm. I, th I think is fine. You know, you're just blinking your wall of omens for a draw two or whatever. But if you could play Fury, that'd be great. There's just not a lot of good red cards that that fit in this shell. Yeah, no, that's fair. Next deck is from North Lagos. Esper Sentinel, Giver of Runes, Knight of the Reliquary, Thalia, Tireless Tracker, four copies of Titania, two Korean Ranger, two Elvish Reclaimer, three Prismatic Endings, uh, Shadow Spear, Zurin Orb, and 28 Land. You had me at Zuran Orb. Like, let's just sacrifice everything to it, cast balance, move on with our day. Anytime I get to use a Zuran Orb, I am over the moon. When I started playing Magic, Zuran Orb was in every deck. And I don't mean like you'd occasionally see a Zuran Orb in, you know, a Gruel beatdown deck. It was there. It, everyone was going to have a Zuran Orb, bottom line. 
and it's a wild wild way of playing magic i am happy we've moved beyond that but if you give me the chance to play zoran orb again i'm going to be very excited the career and rangers are interesting because there's not any normal like mana producing thing so you're like mm-hmm. untapping your knight of the reliquary or, or maybe giver of the runes giver like, of runes yeah, yeah protecting your titanium multiple times uh like I, reclaimer I, reclaimer could be good too getting multiple uses out of that maybe so it's, it's a lot of mana, mana intensive yeah, yeah. it's like i love Quirion ranger and i think it's really underplayed and then yep. this deck puts it in the deck and i'm like huh i never would have thought about like adding it to a shell like this so interesting. yeah yeah a little bit of a fairer look at that card yeah uh put put with some hardened scales green white nothing to add people who play this deck just love this deck and that's cool math the deck yeah uh nitroglyze also a lotus field blood sun deck although this one going with nicobolus dragon god no come on what are we doing here well you see you play blood sun and then you play lotus field and then you play nicobolus oh oh now i now i get it I this this card is not good. It hasn't been good anywhere. And if you're going to go through all the effort to get your Lotus Field into play, I think you should find something better to do with your mana. This deck's weird. Narset Narset's good. I like Narset. It's like sure. It's very vulnerable. You know, like unholy heat and so many early creatures and everything. But uh, you know, we we're talking about like trying to get Spike's deck to come together and like maybe that would help. Although he has eight. Uh, incarnation elemental things and i guess only 22 lands so maybe it's fine maybe that could do it i don't know i don't know either i i do know i don't like bolus at all hallbreaker horror in the sideboard also madcap platinum imperium okay that's that's a good juke those are those are all things that are technically legal and modern yep mtg Balent has brought Saltai food with uh, Asmore, Cookbook, Gilded Goose, Daredevil, uh, three Grist, three Nettle Cyst, four Blood Fountain. Blood Fountain is nice, by the way. Yes, we should have talked more about Blood Fountain in previous season, I think. Four Thought Monitors, because now you have more, like Blood Fountain and Cookbook both being one drops that make two pieces of cardboard. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So Thought Monitor starts looking pretty good. You have two bone shards, two finales, two endurance also. Raw cardboard, again, like that's something we talked about a lot when it came to alchemy preview season. But Blood Fountain making two pieces is is really, really big. And I I sort of like Gris more here because I think you're going to find a lot more fodder to throw away with it. thanks to your your gilded goose having like limited run i I think you're okay playing a longer game too with grist so that seems really cool to me and lots of just nice card advantage sources i i I don't have a sense that like this deck is particularly great or really pushes the archetype forward but i think it's doing a lot of really smart things and if i was working on this shell right now this is the direction i'd be going in yeah I haven't really been a fan of Nettle Cyst in, in these decks because you're mostly just doing like the controlly thing and then Nettle Cyst is like this random beatdown card. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, like, it technically can play defense. It's like a Tarmogoyf, but it's really inefficient yeah, doing that. It's doing the cardboard thing, right? Like, it's, it's got the, the multifaceted, like, you throw away the germ token to your Grist, and then you still have this thing left behind, and just presents a lot of stuff. Like, I think you're just supposed to make a lot of stuff and annoy people, and then you find your win eventually. I know, but if we're going to do that, it's like, well, why can't we play, like, you know, two or three cats and two ovens? Uh, and then the cats work with the grists and like that's more defensive and goes you, towards like you what can. you're trying to do. Then you can. I will. I will allow that 100 percent. All right. Great. As long as you're allowing me to do it. Yep. All right. Connor man 11, uh, 19 red producing lands, 16 red one drops, four light up the stage, four reckless impulse. This is the second list with with eight of those. Yeah. So that's a thing. And then, yeah, darts, bolts. Uh, some prismatic innings, Mistress Bobbles, just mono red prowess effectively. Yeah, with a little bit more uh, card advantage than it previously had. You know, turning one card into two means you get access to new games. So certainly could be made better by adding the best companion of all time, Obosh, but instead we're going to play the much weaker Luris, and we'll have to live with that. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically not mono red as prismatic ending, and yeah, it's it's cool that Impulse exists and these decks are willing to play it and go hard for it uh, versus splashing blue for expressive iteration. Mm-hmm. Like it, iteration is is definitely a stronger card, but you know now you have a different option if you want to do something different. Yeah, I'm still curious whether Impulse is going to get its run in uh, Standard slash Alchemy as time goes on. Same. Next deck, Vader Sama, uh, Indomitable Creativity. This one going into four primeval titans with three copies of Valakut the Molten Pinnacle. Meh. Meh. If I'm, if I'm going to go through all this work, you, you got to do more than make a Valakut and hopefully that Valakut be enough and hope that my opponent can interact with it. Well, and if you creativity for two, if you're not killing them immediately, you're interacting with the board and will almost certainly kill them on the next turn. So for whatever that's worth, I don't know if that's better or worse to you than Sarah's Emissary. Plus, the Titans are very castable, especially with like Strike It Rich, Explorer. That is fair. That is fair. A little bit of a hedge in terms of the castable Titans. And you don't mind that you're accelerating because that gets you to creativity of two a little bit faster. So, uh, okay, there's there's draws there. I... I'll I'll just say this. I don't know that it's necessarily worse or better than Emissary Emrakul, but it doesn't erase my concerns about I'm going to cast indomitable creativity sometimes and I'm not going to win. And that's just too big of a hurdle for me to overcome. I I need that card to be more consistent before I'm on board with it. Well, it's more of a deterministic kill in this deck than the emissary one, right? Because if you creativity for three, that's definitely a kill. Yeah, that, that is true. So uh, now you're talking six mana though. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Then you can just play your Primeval Titan, right? And you don't have to warp your whole deck around it and you're super consistent because you're not playing hard evidence and strike it rich. Instead, you have a bunch of Azusas and I don't know. I, I think like there's a difference between combo point, combo decks that have a breakpoint of like five and six mana and combo decks that have a breakpoint of four mana for sure. I, so you can do it for four and it's still very good. And even if your Titan dies or whatever, you're going to be able to do stuff with your mana. And then you, I was just speaking to like, it does scale to the point where in longer games, it is a confirmed kill. Okay. That's but do you think like 
so you you x1 right and you get a titan and you say you can do stuff with your mana but when you look at the rest of this list are you sure that's really true like are you actually resource rich enough that from that point you're rebuilding consistently well your your stuff either cycles or is a mountain so i don't know yeah but you have like bolt strike it rich like yes yeah, strike it rich ending, is the one where it's like okay this is not great but ending redundant creativities i guess at that point you could get second titan yeah okay i i am more on board than when i started reading this list still not sold though yeah i'm not sold either. i mean i think that creativity just in general is sort of fundamentally flawed but yep i don't know also this is a michael majors deck so how dare you oh how dare i i'm sorry michael sam and Seek some numbers playing some mill cool cool that's that's good first turn negator playing ooh this deck's all over the place but it's blue moon uh a couple spreading seas two shark typhoon two blood moon one dress down one explosives one chandra awakened inferno three snapcaster mage two subtlety one expressive iteration three serum visions one fire ice, two lightning bolts, one spell pierce, three memory deluge, four unholy heat, four counter spell, four creature charm. Yeah, if if blood moon's good, I I get where you're coming from. I'm I'm not sure it's over the moon good right now, and it, this deck is like you said, very split in its focus. But the combination of counter magic and blood moon totally fine to me. If you can find a good way to put it together, you're sort of doing it. Yeah, snapcaster mage. I, I like that. I'm in. Uh, Fisherman, Mono Red, Blood Moon, Obosh, but this one has four Hammer of Garden, which I just can't get behind. Whoa, that is a, that is, I'm having flashbacks right now. Uh, I traded my Hammer of Bogarden in like 1997 over the internet. It was the first time I ever traded over the internet. You ripped and the off. way it works, they just took my card and then ghosted me. Yep. Yeah, yep. I was... I mean, like, it was a good introduction to the internet, really. Like, oh, this is how it's going to go on this platform. And I was just out of hammer. And at the time, it was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. So that tells you about the life I was living then. Um, growing up, I think it taught me a very valuable lesson about both Hammer of Borgaden and the internet. Yep. Uh, right there with you. I remember... Hammer of Bogarden being like a $15 card. Yes. And uh, one of my most valuable cards for sure. Eventually going into a card shop and like seeing one and just being like floored that they had a copy. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, I'd just never seen one before. No, it was the hotness for sure. Different times. I didn't. Yes, I, very I, different. I didn't want to put it in any decks, you know, like. Counter Hammer appealed to me. I, I certainly didn't. I never did it. Like I knew of it. But I didn't have enough hammers, so there's no way I could do it. Yeah. Uh, Belfi, Living Ends, uh, Teamer, Titanoth Rex. Big. Big. Keyword big. Love it. Imposed Fate. Uh, kind of money pile adjacent. Uh, Omnath and, and Friends, but this one also has Ragavan. Renegade Rallier and four Eladomri's call. Yeah, Renegade Rallier is interesting. I'm trying to think about like the gameplay that sets up. Ah, you just ramp. Yeah. And I mean, what does this deck do when it's ramping consistently? If if you are able to get to these massive late games earlier, that's pretty appealing, honestly. Yeah. 
You get back your Ren 6, maybe if it dies, maybe your Ragavan if you want that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, lots of sources of card advantage there. Never going to run out of stuff to do. Yep. I don't know if it's good because the, the body is is pretty medium. I, I guess mm-hmm. it's, it's worth noting that it like takes the place of Eternal Witness in this deck list. Right. So easier on the mana, I suppose. Yeah. And and can ramp. Like, I think that's a tremendous difference, but. Yeah. It's interesting. interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Good job, uh, you know, innovating, trying things out. Oh man, finally. Last deck. WTNOF. Uh bring to light scape shift with Arboreal Grazer, which I believe was a Kenji Samura innovation. And it fundamentally changed my opinion of this deck because I used to just like hate Renin Six in this deck. And once you have Grazer, all I want is Renin Six. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, routinely having access to an extra drop means you need to have the land to take advantage of it, and then Renin 6 starts to look pretty appealing. I know you're a big fan of these lists in general. You have been for a long time and have tried to make them work. Where do you see its positioning like right now? <laughs> well, uh, obviously, it's very bad against Bloodstone. So, yeah, that's, that's true. So that's awkward. Uh, there, there was a period where... I thought that this deck could be well positioned mm-hmm. and then Spike started doing the blood sun thing. And like, you know, people pick up his decks a lot cause they're usually pretty fun. So uh, I think a lot of that has cooled off and maybe it is at a point where this deck is good. But uh, the other thing I like is that I wanted to get iteration in this deck, but it felt like the deck was a little too slow and clunky, but then like grazer speeding you up makes mm. iteration more palatable too. Very cool. And it's also Love like a way to some sloths. Yeah, it's also a way to reload, you know, once you're like spewing all your cards into play. So mm-hmm. that, that is the concern. Like certainly Ren and Six alleviates some of it. But when I look at like the rest of the list, I am concerned of being a little card light and just running out of raw cardboard. I mean, um, I mean this one plays three Omnath too, whereas most of the lists only played the one to bring to life for maybe. And okay. I, I yeah. think that that helps your case a lot too. Cool. Yeah, good good adaptations, cool deck building. Modern as a whole remains in a very interesting place, I think. I I love seeing the diversity in decks that succeed. I wish there was a little bit more uh I don't really know how to phrase it. Like there's there's some stuff over the Modern Horizons targets that like they really tried to get to work and it's disappointing to see it not make the cut something like goblins comes to mind immediately like i i wish there was a goblins deck out there seeing some play well um i mean you probably could play goblins if it wasn't for like fury and solitude ephemerate and all that stuff it's just like those things are so good at keeping creatures down unless they're specifically like ragavan channeler like these one mana threats that are so good yes yes and that is something that like i don't i don't know if that's a problem because I think the nature of modern meant that you were always going to get to that point where those were the type of creatures you had to play, Agreed. regardless of of the elemental incarnation. So like you just concede that point and you make cards that are good under those constraints. And I think that's why modern has had success over the past few months. Yeah, I mean, you just now need to bring it back the other direction and make like two mana things that are worth playing or yep. things that are good against Solitude, Fury, whatever. It's going to be tough. I, I think that's going to be a struggle, but I... I am almost certain they're going to go back to the well, given how well this stuff keeps selling. 
So I am curious to see where the next Modern Horizons go. I said, I think a huge focus of the next one should be reviving decks that have fallen out of favor. That would be so much what I was trying to do, because then you like you tell people it'll be OK. Like, I know we take these chances with this format, but we know what exists. We know what's out there. And we're always thinking about, you know, the Goblins players and how we can get them back on top. Yeah, it was cool that MH2 had like Enchantress Reanimator that were very much new things, but the the main concern now is that the deck that people used to play like the deck that they own is no longer good and yep. you need to revitalize people's already existing collections for sure can't turn over the format every modern horizons people will will give up on it and i i do think the format was in need of some turnover and doing things differently but you can't do it every time yeah and mh2 was a lot also yep absolutely was game Good luck.